0: Imagine with me this morning that there's a lady who lives in Baxter Brainerd. Her name is Lydia. Like many of you, she likes the color purple. Lydia needs to be saved. How is she going to be saved? God wants to save Lydia, not only Lydia, but Lydia and all of her household. How is she going to be saved? We are in Florida earlier this year and we saw a small plane writing on the sky, Jesus saves. I thought that that was really cool. But the question in my mind was, how? How does Jesus save? How are people going to read that, and how are they going to know how to be saved? Yes, Jesus saves. How? So there's Lydia. She lives around nearby. How is she going to be saved? In your mind, how is she going to know that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and that there's no other way through the Father but through him? How is she going to know? Imagine there's a psycho gentleman. Let's name him Phil. God wants to save Phil. How is he going to be saved? Now imagine for a moment that both Lydia and Phil don't live here in Baxter or Brainerd. They live in a city with no gospel witness whatsoever. And God wants to save them. How is God going to save them? God wants to save souls. He sent his son into the world to save souls. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. How are they going to be saved? In Acts chapter 16, we see the record of God saving souls. God moving, directing, orchestrating events so that souls may be saved. In Acts chapter 16, we see God saving the lost through the gospel of Jesus Christ, planting a church in the city of Philippi. This is Paul's second missionary journey after he separated from Barnabas. He's traveling through Asia Minor. And he takes with him three companions, Timothy, Silas, and Luke. So there's Paul, Timothy, Silas, and Luke. We're going to start reading Acts chapter 16, verse 6. Now, when they, Paul, Timothy, and Silas, had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia, notice, they were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Think about that for a little bit. God did not allow them to go to Asia. After they were come to Mysia, they they attempted to go into Bithynia. But the Spirit suffered them not. Again, God did not allow them to go there. (coughs) Excuse me. And they, passing by Mesia, came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he, Paul, had seen the vision, immediately we, Paul, Timothy, Silas, and Luke, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia. Why? Why were they going to go into Macedonia? Assuredly gathering, concluding that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. God was calling them to go to Macedonia to preach the gospel there. Therefore, losing from Troas, we came with the straight coast of Samothracia, the next day to Indianapolis. And from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia, and a colony. And we swear in that city of Biden certain days. God wants to save souls in Philippi. How is He going to save souls in Philippi? God sovereignly sends servants to where He wants them to go to fulfill His purpose of saving souls. God sovereignly sends servants to fulfill His purpose of saving souls. Or to shorten that up, God sends. When God wants to save people, He sends servants, and we see this in the mass in the passage here. Paul wanted to go to Asia. God said, "No, I don't want you in Asia." Paul wanted to go into Bithynia. God said, "I don't want you to go into Bithynia. I want you to go to Philippi in Macedonia." God had a specific place for them to go to, and God, notice, had a specific purpose. They gathered at the end of verse ten that God was calling them. They had been separated. They had been called out. God had called them. Notice to preach the gospel. Literally, to evangelize. To preach the gospel, that little expression means to announce good news. One of the best things about being a missionary is the opportunity to share good news with people who are lost. It's one of the very best things about being a missionary. Everyone you talk to, you have good news to share with them. And the good news is that God loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever Anyone and everyone who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. This is great news. God loves the world. He gave his son so that the world might be saved. One of the best things about being a missionary is the opportunity to share good news with anyone we talk to. We live in a city of about 25 million souls. I can go to each and every one of those and tell them that God loves them and sent his son to die for them and that if they believe, they will be saved. One of the best things about being a missionary is the opportunity to share good news with people who only have bad news otherwise. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth in him is not condemned, but he that not believed is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light is coming to the world and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. He that believeth on the sun hath everlasting life, but he that believeth not in the sun shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Without good news, people are left with very, very bad news. God called Paul and his companions to go to Philippi to share good news. God calls specific people to go to a specific place with a very specific task, to share good news. Paul wanted to go to Asia. God wanted him in Philippi. Now God has placed us in the city of Sao Paulo. Let me tell you, Sao Paulo is not one of my favorite cities. It's a city of 25 million souls. It's a busy, bustling city. There's traffic jams all the time everywhere. On Sundays it takes us 12 minutes to get to church. Any other time of the week to go 6 miles it takes us an hour and a half. I listen to the Bible, I sing, I do reading in traffic. I can write papers in traffic. It's a polluted city. There's lots of crime. I would have not chosen São Paulo as my target ever. I would have chosen Honolulu in Hawaii. While in seminary, I thought that God was going to send us to East Timor. It's a country in Asia that is Muslim, but they also speak Portuguese. I thought the Lord was going to send us there. But while in seminary, the Lord got us in contact with a Brazilian exchange student who was living in Minnesota, attending a Christian church or attending a Christian school who was not a believer, and he came from the northeast part of Brazil. He was really struggling with the cold weather in Minnesota. He was really struggling with life. And we started studying the word of God with him, and the Lord saved him. And then he went back to Brazil, and the Lord used him to save his family. And the Lord used that to get a hold of our hearts, to send us back to Brazil. Of course, we wanted to go back to Brazil because for 17 years, Patricia was the only person saved in her family, and we were still praying for the Lord to save her family. And upon returning to Brazil, the Lord gave us the privilege of seeing her mother and sister come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Her father and uh, brother are still not saved yet. But God sends specific people... Sends them to a specific place with a very specific task to preach the gospel unto them. God sends. Verse 13. So they went to Philippi. On the Sabbath, we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was one to be made. And we sat down. And notice this little expression. And spake unto the women which resorted thither. In regular English. They talk. They talked to the people there. They talked to the people. They went to Philippi. God had called them to share the gospel, so they talked to people. As missionaries, we have purpose in our hearts that we need to talk to people. We need to meet people. We need to talk to people. We want to talk to people because we want to talk to them, and we want to steer the conversation towards the best topic of all, talking about Jesus Christ. You can't talk to people about Jesus Christ if you never talk to people. We want to do Bible studies with them. So, after we talk to them about Jesus Christ, we want to open the Word of God and point them to Christ. So, they went to the riverside and they talked to the women. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Tarathira, she worshiped God. Notice they're talking, she heard us. They're talking, people are hearing. And as they talked, And as they heard, notice at the end of verse 14, whose heart the Lord opened. Paul, Silas, Timothy, and Luke are talking. Lydia and the others are hearing. And God is working in the hearts. He is the one who opened their heart, that she attended unto the things which were spoken of all, And she was baptized. She professed faith in Jesus Christ and was baptized. One of the best things about being a missionary is the opportunity to share the gospel with them. The very best thing about being a missionary is when God uses the preaching of the gospel to save a soul right in front of you. The very best thing about being a missionary is to see God saving souls who are lost and condemned as they hear the gospel preached to them. And to have a front row seat of that, the very, very best thing, is to see God saving souls. By the way, it's not only privilege that a missionary has, every believer has that very same privilege. It's the very best thing about the Christian life, to be used of God, to see God transforming lives. I wish I could see it more often. But my job is not to save souls. My job is simply to share good news. It is God who saves. And that's our second point this morning. God saves. God sovereignly uses the preaching of the gospel to fulfill his purpose of saving souls. God sovereignly uses the preaching of the gospel to save souls who are lost. We know this. We say we believe this. How shall they hear without a preacher? Romans chapter 10. How shall they believe in whom they have not heard? How shall they preach except they be sent? They're preaching. As they're preaching, Lydia heard. And as she heard, the Lord worked in her heart. The Holy Spirit convicted her of her sin, and she was saved. Verse 15, and she was baptized in all of her household. What a privilege to baptize those who pr- profess Jesus Christ as their Savior. Last December, I had the privilege of baptizing two believers. One of those was a lady who was 70 years old. Corina is her name. But tried to reach her with the gospel for 14 years. For 14 years, she hated us. She hated the sight of me. She would see me. She would cross the street. Her daughter was a member of our church. She just absolutely hated us. She was a practicing spiritist, and she owned a bar. But last year, as our first level of the building was complete, she came to check it out. And as she came, she heard the gospel preached again, and the Lord worked in her heart that she attended unto the things that were spoken of, and she was saved. And in December, it was a privilege to get in the water with her. We saw our little tank. And to hear her saying, I wish I had believed sooner, but I thank God that I finally did believe. She's 70 years old. She sent me a message. I miss you. I love you. Thank you for not giving up on me for 14 years. I said, it is God who saves. We praise God for saving you. She has seen her sister come to faith in Jesus Christ an hour before she met her Savior. Now she saw her daughter come to church, and now two grandsons just got saved. We praise the Lord because God saves souls. God sovereignly uses the preaching of the gospel to save souls. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. The preaching of the gospel is the power of God. So when we preach the gospel, people hear it, and as they hear it, the Lord works in their hearts and they're saved. God saves. And God sent Paul, Silas, Timothy, and Luke to Philippi because he wanted to save Lydia and all of her household. Verse fifteen, and she was baptized in all her household, and she besought us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there, and she constrained us. And it came to pass, as we went to the prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination mad us, which brought her masters much gain, much gained by sooth saying. The same followed Paul and us, and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the most high God, which show unto us the way of salvation. They were true what this demon possessed girl was saying. And this she did many days, but Paul being grieved, turned aside to the spirit, I commend thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. But when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace and to the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city. The whole city has heard this news that Jesus Christ is the only way. And teach customs, verse 21, which are an awful lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them. And the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into the inner prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who, having received such a charge, trust them into the inner prison, and made their feet fast in the stocks. There's something wrong happening here. Paul and his companions are obeying the Lord. They're preaching the gospel. And the result of preaching the gospel, of being faithful to their call, is that they were arrested, they were stripped of their clothing, they were beat up, they received many stripes, and they were cast in prison. What is wrong, Lord? Do you not see what is happening here? Why are they in prison if they are obeying the Lord? What is happening? Maybe soon in this country, they will start arresting people for preaching the gospel. It could be within our lifetime. They have threatened to arrest a pastor in California who simply wants to gather. Now let me ask you this, if they started arresting people for preaching the gospel, would you ever be arrested? Could they ever gather up any information to convict you of being a Christian? Besides coming to church on Sunday? If they arrested people in this country for preaching the gospel, would you ever be arrested? Paul and his companions were arrested, placed in jail. And verse 25 is a challenge to my life. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. We need to learn as believers to always be thankful in every season. No matter what happens around us, always praise God because he knows what he is doing. He is God. God. At midnight, bleeding backs, they're praying. Perhaps they're praying for the salvation of souls. Perhaps they're praying to be released from prison. But they're singing praises unto God, and it's always the hardest time to praise God in the midst of trials. But That's what they're doing. And notice, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prisons were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, would have, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, do thyself no harm, we're all here. Then he called for light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, sirs. What must I do to be saved? You see, God had to work in the heart of Phil, the Philippian jailer. God had to bring him to his knees to the point of desperation so that he would ask this important question, What must I do to be saved? And they said, simple, straightforward answer, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, the one who saves. Christ, the anointed, the Messiah, he is Lord. Believe in Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And it took them the same hour of the night and he washed their stripes. And he was baptized, he and all of his treasures. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all of his house. God saved the Philippian jailer. Again, as he heard the preaching of the gospel, as he heard that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and that there's no other way to be saved, as he heard the preaching, he was saved. God sovereignly uses the preaching of the gospel to save souls. God wanted to save the Philippian jailer, and God worked in his life. So he would hear, and he would believe, and that he was baptized. God sends. God saves. As I've said, God is still saving souls today. And he's still using the same old method of the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. As believers of Jesus Christ, tell other people about Jesus Christ, how God loves the world, and his son his son into the world to save the world. And as people hear, God saves them. Now think with me. That God wanted to save the Philippian jailer. And God wanted to save Lydia. How did God do that? God prevented them from going to Asia or Mysia. God gave them a dream so they would go to Philippi. So they went to the riverside. They started preaching. God saved Lydia. Then this demon-possessed girl shows up. They expel the demon. They get arrested for expelling the demon. And they get placed in jail. Why did God put them in jail? Because there was a jailer that God wanted to save. God put them where he wanted them to be. You see, God is more interested in the salvation of souls than he is in our comfort. God is more interested in the salvation of souls than he is in making America great. We're not here to be comfortable. We're here to serve Jesus Christ. Maybe you've lost all of my support already, Pastor. But think with me. God wanted to save a jailer. So he put Paul and Silas, where? In jail. And then he sent this great earthquake, powerful enough to open the doors, controlled enough that no one got harmed. And he saved them. God knows what he is doing. God sovereignly orchestrates the events of our lives to fulfill his purpose of saving souls. God sovereignly orchestrates the events of our lives to fulfill his purpose of saving souls. Why are they in prison? So they can preach the gospel to the jailer. Why are they in Philippi? Because God wanted to save souls in Philippi. Why are we in Sao Paulo? Because God wants to save souls in Sao Paulo. Why are you in Baxter Brainerd? Why are you in Minnesota? I know you've asked yourself that question many times. God wants to save souls in Minnesota. Perhaps that's why he doesn't allow any Minnesota teams to ever win. So we can always remember that Jesus Christ is the hope. He is the way. He is our joy. He is our fulfillment. Many years later, the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to these believers. He says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Always in every prayer of mine, for you always making requests with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the very first day until now. Being confident of this very thing, that he who hath begun a good work in you will perform it, will complete it, until the day of Jesus Christ. The same God who began working in Philippi would continue working in Philippi. The same God who has begun working in Sao Paulo will continue working in Sao Paulo. The same God who began working in Baxter Brainerd will continue working here. What are we to do? Pray, praise, and preach. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. What a wonderful privilege we have to watch God saving souls as we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Pray for us that the Lord will continue saving souls in Sao Paulo and Brazil.